Good morning, my name's Ron, and it's my pleasure to bring the second reading for it this morning. And it's from 2 Peter. And last week, you may recall, the Apostle Peter gave us a sort of a list of to-do things. And with this in mind, to make every effort to confirm your calling and election. So he carries on from there in verse 12, and I'm going through to 21. So, I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have. I think it's right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the intent of this body, because I know that I will soon put it aside, as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. And I'll make every effort to see that after my departure, you will always be able to remember these things. But we did not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. He received honour and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory, saying, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. We also have the prophetic message of something completely reliable, and you will do well to pay attention to it, as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. For prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. I'm hoping that I'm not about to die like this Peter was. There's a real thing of remember in this passage, isn't there? Um, before he does face his own death, he really wants us to remember something. So I thought we'd get our memories into gear, and we're going to play the memory game. Oh, now, back in my day, of course, there was lots of interesting things on a table with a sheet over it. You know, and you whisk the sheet away for a few seconds and put it back and have to write it down. We're going to have a slide appear up here behind me for three seconds only. Then I thought just to make it easy, rather than sort of play sections against each other, we're just going to do it all together and see how... There's 21 things. We're going to see how many we can remember. Ready? It's going up for three seconds only. Go. Oh, I reckon one more second. One more second. Arisa, all right. I've got them on my sheet. So you, you call them out. I'm going to tick them off. K, yep. Yeah. An umbrella. Yep, yeah, umbrella. Oh, we're going away. Yep, yeah, keep going. Tooth. Tooth, yep. Yeah. House. Yeah, the house, yep. Yeah. Number nine, plane. Grand piano. Grand piano, good. Axe. Tulip. Tulip, yeah. Coffee. Coffee, yeah, got that one. Birds. Yeah, the birds, they're pretty, aren't they? What was that one? An apple. There was an apple. A beach ball, yeah, got the beach ball. What was that one? It was a car. Yeah, you didn't need a car. Yeah, yeah party hat. Good, we're going well. A push bike. Yep. Christmas tree, good. And a handshake, very good. Chicken. Fried chicken. I missed that one. 
pictures thinking, hang on. We've done pretty well. So we got like all of them except for five. No, nah, so, oh, there was a dog. Okay, down to four. They got the party hat. Hey, that's pretty good. But I reckon, I reckon, as we enter a passage that's all about remembering, I think we should still pray for God's help. Let's do that. <laughs> Dear Father, please open our hearts and our minds to your word. Please help us not to merely hear words, but to truly understand what you are saying to us and remember it so we can follow you with confidence and joy. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, today's passage, if you do have it open in front of you, can I encourage you to bring your, your sort of paper Bibles? Uh, you sort of see the, the whole thing there. Um, it's got three paragraphs with really three clear ideas. So firstly, is the elderly Peter exhorting us to remember this truth that he's sharing. Secondly, he tells us about this mountaintop experience of his early days following Jesus. And thirdly, he shares some insight into how and why the scriptures were written. But the unifying theme throughout all those three sections is the vital importance of the Word of God in the life of every believer. So let's have a look at each of those three parts in turn. Peter begins with these words. So I will always remind you of these things. What things? Thank you, Rob, for your introduction, because you, you pointed us to it. He's actually pointing us back to the great and precious promises of God in verse 4, through which we are saved and can be certain of, as verse 11 just said, a, a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. And he's pointing us to God's provision back in verse 3 of everything we need for a godly life. And how does that come to us? Through our knowledge our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness, uh, which of course has been fleshed out right throughout last week's passage. So we've got new birth in Christ and then healthy growth in Christ. But salvation and sanctification, nothing could be more important. So Peter says to us, remember, remember, remember. And we can't remember what we've never read, can we? Uh, this life, this, this life-enriching knowledge uh, that it mentions there in that verse on screen, uh, we call it the gospel. It was easily accessible when the apostles were still alive, walking around. I mean, that small group of men that travelled around with Jesus, followed him and, and learned from him and were commissioned by him to share it. But they're now starting to die out. Some of them have already died. And Peter knows that his own death is fairly uh, imminent. So what does he do? He writes to them. We're actually reading his second letter to them. So that through his writing and the writing of some of the other apostles, the word of God would endure. Because people die, but the word of God lives on. Of course, we have it now 2,000 years later in the pages of the New Testament, which together with the Old Testament make up the, the entire Bible that we have as God's word today. Now, it's really important that we grasp uh, Peter's emphasis on remembering because did you notice how he describes his audience? It'd be easy to think, oh, these are really brand new believers. Look at verse 12. I will always remind you of these things even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have. These are not just brand new believers. These are mature Christians he's got in view as well. 
And you know, it makes every bit of sense. You know, if Emma McKeon uh, forgot the basics of high elbows and a, a good kick, she wouldn't have won the 100 metres freestyle Olympics. If Nathan Cleary or Brian Tai forgot the basics of holding a defensive line, the Penrith Panthers wouldn't have won the 2021 NRL Premiership. If you and I forget the great and precious promises of the gospel, we'll come unstuck as well. The more important the goal, the more important the basics. And what's at stake for us is of far greater value than an Olympic gold or an NRL trophy. Now, whether you are a brand new believer or you've been following Jesus for decades, remembering the gospel is our staple diet for daily nutrition. Did you notice how Paul describes himself in these verses? I think it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body because I know that I will soon put it aside as our Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me. My, uh, my parents recently bought a caravan, but until then they were still using the old A-frame tent that we slept in when I was about two. <laughs> I mean, it really wasn't an old tent of a body. And that's how Peter feels. In John chapter 21, Jesus told Peter that he would one day bring glory to God by being crucified for his faith. And Peter recognises that that time is drawing near. He's about to die to put aside this tent of the body and be welcomed into the eternal kingdom of Jesus. Now think about it. We invest a lot of time and energy and money looking after this tent, don't we? But our greatest investment in life should always be in our permanent home. Makes sense, doesn't it? Peter knows that death is not the end. It's simply a departure, so he can go to his permanent home. That's why he says, uh, I will make every effort to see that after my departure, you'll always be able to remember, remember these things. What does he want most for those he loves most? That they remember the basics of the Christian faith. Imagine you're giving someone a lift to the beach and they say, yeah, what do you believe? Like, why do you bother going to church? What do you say? You're chatting to a lady in front of you in the queue at the checkout and you realise God's giving you an opportunity to tell her about Jesus. What do you say? One of your kids has a concerned look on their face and says, Daddy or Mummy, how can I be sure I'm going to go to heaven? What do you say? Friends, Peter wants us to know and remember the basics of the gospel for our own encouragement and comfort, but also so that we can pass it on. It's so important. Uh, can I ask you, uh, if you're put on the spot, could you give a clear, concise, uh, compelling explanation of the gospel? Something that uh, we did a, a lot of work on uh, in our days with Beach Church. And I'm going to give you a 60-second example. It's got four parts. God's plan, our problem, God's solution, our response. It's pretty easy. God, us, God, us. Ready? Here goes. Now, I know someone's going to time this. It'll be about 80 seconds, but I'll just talk fast, okay? Ready? Here we go. Um, so, friends, God gave us life and brought us into the world for his purpose, which is to love him 
to love other people and to care for his good creation. But what have we done? We've gone our own way. We've rejected God's plan for our life. We don't love him as we should. We don't love other people. We fight with them. And we've certainly trashed his good creation, haven't we? We deserve his punishment and no amount of good deeds on our part can reverse our sin or take away his judgment. We simply cannot save ourselves. And God's not going to just ignore our sin. That wouldn't be just. But he loves us and so much wants to bring us into relationship with himself again. So how, how can that work? Well, God sent Jesus to save us. God's justice and his mercy come together in Jesus. His death on the cross paid the penalty for our sin. And because he rose to life again, he offers us God's forgiveness and eternal life with him in heaven. Jesus is the only way to God. So what's our response? All who turn from sin and put their trust in Jesus receive God's forgiveness, receive eternal life with him. They now live for God's purposes. Everyone who rejects Jesus, rejects God and remains condemned by him forever. What path do you want? What will you choose? A simple little explanation, isn't it? Now, back in the day, we, we all kind of learned something like that, added a few illustrat illustrations and things, and um, then we went down to Jindabyne uh, on a mission trip, and uh, one, of the, one of the young uh, ladies on our trip, she's 11 years old, she got on a T-bar, and just the way all the people lined up, she ended up being with this random dude about, you know, yeah, mid-40s, and so they're going up the T-bar, and she thought... Can't get away. So he says, Do you have any spiritual beliefs? And uh, the bloke said, Oh, uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm an agnostic. <clears throat> she had no clue what that was. She said, Oh, well, at my church we believe, and she launched. And she just basically said exactly what I've just shared there. And uh, and it offered a little uh, giveaway track to this guy at the end. And I think he was just like, What just happened to me? <laughs> It doesn't matter what age you are. It's great to have uh, some simple way of remembering just the basic outline of the gospel so that we can share. Um, in fact, next year, as I, I step into that more of the role of um, outreach, one of the things I'm going to do is run a, a seminar on sharing our faith um, that will help to equip us. And I encourage you know, come to one of them. As Peter sees the end of his life approaching, what he wants most for those he loves is that they remember that God has provided everything we need in the gospel. And it's worth reflecting on our own departure. When our time comes, what will our legacy be? What enduring mark will we leave on the world? What will we be remembered for? What will we pass on to the next generation? As I look at Peter here, he doesn't want anyone to remember him at all. It's all about Jesus and the truth and the hope and the life that we have in him. Friends, people die, but the word of God lives on. And Peter's calling us, remember it. 
In the next paragraph, Peter recalls one of the most life-changing experiences he ever had. Uh, it was so significant that Matthew, Mark, and Luke all recorded this event, and we heard the version from Matthew in that second reading. I uh, have got the next couple of slides tell it from Mark. I'll, I'll jump over them because we have heard that already. I'll, I'll read that tonight because we won't have that extra reading. But one, one writer said this, you know, the truly amazing miracle here is not that Jesus revealed his heavenly glory to them in that moment, but that for the other 30 years, his heavenly glory was veiled from all those who saw him. For Peter, James and John, you know, physically, emotionally and spiritually, this truly was a mountaintop experience. They saw Jesus as he truly is. But why does Peter repeat it here? What's the connection? Verse 16. We did not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. And then in verse 18 he says, We, heard, we ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. We saw, we heard, we were there, he says. This gives us confidence as we hear what he shares. On Wednesday I got to church and there'd been quite a nasty accident up on the corner here. And um, I didn't see it. Uh, so the first thing I did was ask someone who did see it. What happened? Uh, friends, it's important that Peter... And the other disciples were eyewitnesses. We can trust what they say. They're not following clever stories, as he says, made up by other people. Now, someone might ask, though, how can we be sure that we're not following clever stories made up by them? I know, for example, that they could have all got together after Jesus died and, and made up this whole resurrection thing and lined up all their details and then gone and spread it to the world. But think about it. As they did tell people their story about Jesus' resurrection, they faced so much opposition. In fact, they were willing to die. In fact, many, nearly all of the apostles were martyred. They died for this truth. So I asked, would you die for something that you knew was a fabrication, a lie? It's highly unlikely. There are many false teachers and clever stories, but God's word brought to us through these spirit-inspired eyewitnesses can be trusted. And this leads straight into the last section, doesn't it? Verse 19. We also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable. Ultimately, God's word can be trusted not just because the human writers were eyewitnesses, as though they were merely providing their own interpretation of things, as verse 20 puts it, but because prophets, though human, spoke from God as they are carried along by the Holy Spirit. It's an amazing verse, isn't it? You know, as they're writing, the Spirit is guiding. What's more, Peter knew that, uh, not only knew the Old Testament, but he had the extraordinary delight and privilege of seeing the many prophecies and themes, an overall plan of God in the Old Testament fulfilled before his very eyes in Jesus. Amazing experience. You know, over 300 prophecies in the Old Testament 
pointed clearly to various aspects of Jesus' birth, his life, his ministry, his teaching, his miracles, his suffering, his death, his glorious resurrection. And Peter witnessed it. Well, he probably wasn't there at the birth. Other people saw that bit. Yeah, all of that is amazing and helpful in that, that last paragraph there. But you know the main point of the paragraph? It's right there in verse 19. We also have this prophetic message as something completely reliable, and here's the point, and you do well to pay attention to it, as to a light shining in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. The goal of God's word is not information, but transformation. The light of God's word illuminates the darkness of our hearts and helps us recognise that we are sinners that who desperately need a saviour and God has provided for us in Christ. Now, the morning star was, was used to, as a guide and it also signalled the end of night and the dawn of day. So too the word of God guides us to Jesus and he fills our life with hope and the confident expectation and anticipation of eternal life, life with him. Friends, Peter wants to fill our hearts with the glorious, life-giving truths of God's word to encourage us to remember it We can't remember what we've never read. So, so I just want to close by asking a few questions that might help us make reading God's Word uh, and remembering God's Word and obeying God's Word a priority in our daily lives. And if you're in one of the Connect groups, most of these uh, questions are in the leader's notes at the end, so make sure your leader kind of shares these if they're helpful for you. Uh, here's some simple questions. What time of day is best for, for your heart and mind? To focus. Uh, what place is most suitable? You know, minimal distractions, that kind of thing. How much time should I aim for? You know, something that kind of reflects the value of God in my life and uh, is at the same time realistic and sustainable. Um, and I've talked to numerous people that um, use podcasts because they've got quite a long commute. Great way to, uh, you know, two for one. How should I structure my devotional time? Do I need notes to help me? Or, or can I take notes uh, about what I read? If so, you know, how, how, what might I use there? Um, who can help and encourage me? For me personally, that's a biggie for me. Um, I struggle to do this just like, purely on my own discipline and that. So who can I help? Who, who can uh, help and encourage me? And, and then the next one, who can I help and encourage? And for me as a parent, that's been super important helping train uh, my children in this um, daily walk with the Lord. And, and last one, ask others what they do and what they've found most helpful. And you know what? You could do that straight after the service. Friends, may God help us make every effort to remember what we read in his word in this coming week.